on this for a while, then we're going to come back to it. We're looking at a life given to prayer, and we're following the example of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Luke records Jesus praying more than any other of the Gospels, more than Matthew, more than Mark, more than John. So we have been looking at every time we see Jesus praying in Luke and learning about prayer by doing that. And we see the fourth time in Luke that we see Jesus specifically mentioned as praying. And it is Jesus praying before he chose the 12 apostles. So today we're looking at prayer and decision making. Prayer and decision making. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. Now, when I talk about prayer and decision-making, I'm not talking about just your common sense, everyday decisions. Uh, uh, we certainly pray every day for God to guide us, and certainly we trust that that prayer will cover those type things. Uh, I don't pray about uh, what I should put on uh, every day. I I want to dress appropriately so that it would uh, bring honor and glory to God. Uh, if uh, I need to put gas in my car and the uh, light has been on for a day and it's ding, ding, dinging, I don't really pray about that. I kind of know God wants me to do that. A theologian said years ago when God gave us a brain, he showed us a lot of his will. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. So I'm not talking about... Uh, the importance of praying during uh, necessarily just the common everyday decisions we make. I'm talking about important decisions, special decisions. Whom am I going to marry? Uh, should I uh, get married? Uh, um, what kind of vocation or job should I look into? Uh, my daughter has just been praying. We've all been praying about a move, a transition for her. And uh, she's leaving Baptist East Hospital in Memphis and going to work in a hospital in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm talking about things like that, decisions that we all face. Now, wouldn't you think choosing the 12 disciples would be a pretty important decision? I think it would because these are the guys that will be his associates during his ministry on earth. These are the fellows that will be his closest companions that he'll be hanging out with. Uh, Ephesians 2.20 says the church is built upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. So it's pretty important. Jesus, the chief cornerstone. These are foundational uh, people. It's important. It's a very important decision. In fact, it has eternal significance. Uh, the Bible says in Revelation 21.4, the 12 foundations of the holy city have the names of the apostles on them. Of course, Manus Judas, we may get an opportunity to touch on that in, in a moment. So this was a very important decision, and Jesus bathed it in prayer. How much more should we bathe important decisions in prayer? All right, verse 12 through 16. Now it came to pass in those days, some feel like this was uh, perhaps up to six months uh, after Jesus began his public ministry, that he went out to the mountain. The mountain means it's a specific mountain. We're not told what mountain it is, but apparently uh, it was a prayer place for Jesus to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. This, 
and I'm thankful for it actually, is the only time recorded in the scripture that we find Jesus prayed all night. And I'll be honest with you, the reason I'm glad to hear this is because I like to sleep at night. Call me old-fashioned, but I just like to sleep at night. Now, I like to go to sleep just mentally praying for people and for things that come to my mind. It's just a beautiful way to go to sleep every night. And uh, in the morning, I like to wake up and have a quiet time with the Lord. Uh, Jesus may have had some more all-night prayer meetings. And uh, there may be times we need to have some all-night prayer meetings. And by the way, if you look at the preceding verse 11, persecution is heating up. He may have prayed about different things during this all-night prayer meeting. But certainly the context tells us one of the main things he was praying about would be the 12 apostles to choose. Okay, verse 13. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. This is a larger group of disciples. Word disciple means a learner, a follower. It was a larger group. And from them he chose 12, in keeping somewhat with the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament, whom he also named apostles. Apostles means uh, someone sent off on a mission with the authority of the sender behind them. And he names them. Are you ready? Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. May the Lord speak to our hearts today about prayer and decision making. I want to share with you three keys, and I wish I could say this was original with me, but I, I found it from another preacher this week in my studying. I don't have my microphone on. Oh, how about waving at me back there? All right. But uh, I'm going to share with you three simple keys or ways to make good decisions as a Christian. Again, this is borrowed uh, from another preacher. And uh, I don't even know his name. He's on the Internet. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I did the filling in myself as the Lord led me. Ask. A-S-K, okay, just ask. Uh, in Luke chapter 11, 9 through 13, which we will get to eventually, and Jesus is teaching us about prayer, and he says, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now the rest of that scripture, he says, uh, whosoever asketh, uh, uh, receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened unto him. For what father is there among you if his son asks for bread would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish would give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg would give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, having a sin, evil nature about you, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I, I want us to look at that passage of scripture with this one. Uh, ask. Oh, three simple ways to make good decisions. Number one, the A stands for asking, uh, which is prayer. 
You have not because you ask not. Now, since that's the main subject today, I'm going to go through the other two quickly, and then I'm going to come back to this one and close it. All right, the S stands for seek. The A, pray about it. That's what we're talking about today. You want to make the right decisions, an important decision? Pray about it. Uh, the second thing, ask in prayer, seek. And you seek in three areas. You seek the scripture, Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. All right, Lord, I'm seeking your will. Now, in the scriptures, there a particular passage that just tells me black and white what to do. Good. Now, sometimes uh, my daughter had been praying and we'd been praying with her for some time about a, a change in her job situation. We had no idea it would be Fayetteville, Arkansas. So she nor I found anywhere in the Bible, uh, Allison, you should move to Fayetteville, Arkansas. But there are principles. When there's not a specific verse that tells you exactly what to do, there are principles. For example, uh, nowhere does the Bible say you shall marry Jane Doe or you shall marry John Doe. Uh, it does say that marriage is a good thing, and it does say that a Christian ought to marry a Christian. You see, they're principles. So seek the Scripture. Secondly, seek the Spirit. Acts 13, 2, the Spirit said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for this ministry. Colossians 3, 15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart. It means referee in your heart. And the peace is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And uh, also Romans 8 says uh, that uh, uh, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8 also says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Now listen, I know this is subjective, but I have found if, if I'm about to make a decision and it's the wrong decision, I have a check not just in my spirit, but in the Holy Spirit witnessing to my spirit. You ever have that? You know? Uh, don't buy this car and go into such debt. You ever have that? And when you went against it, what happened? You're still trying to pay for that car, right? Uh, and so that, that's, you seek the scripture, you seek the spirit, and then you seek the saints. What I mean by this, the counsel of God's people, especially mature Christian people, your spiritual authorities. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And 15, 22, without counsel, uh, one will fall. And uh, so when you're seeking to make the right decision, ask some good Christian friends that know you and will be honest with you and uh, ask them what they think and, uh, and then maybe go to your spiritual leaders and ask them about it. So ask in prayer. I'm trying to make the right decision. This is an important decision. A uh, young person, where should I go to college? Should I go to college? Where should I go to college? Ask God in prayer. Seek the Word, the Scripture. Seek the Spirit's leadership. Let me tell you something neat. Uh, my grandson, Quinn, graduates uh, from Harding this year, and he wanted to go to Ole Miss, and out-of-state tuition uh, forbade that. And uh, then he was going to go to UT, and, uh, and, and we were all fine with that. But they took some tests from the major universities, and 
And do you know the test, the college that he fit in best out of all the colleges, my 18-year-old grandson, University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Now, this was, uh, my goodness, this was months ago. Where does my daughter get a job transfer? Hospital in Fayetteville. So where's Quinn going to go to college? Razorback, folks, University of Arkansas, you see? I mean, and so uh, I'm not sure why I shared that. It was just fun. It's about my grandchild, Abby. You know the way we are. All right, then knock. Okay, knock. So you're praying about where to go to college. That was it. You seek the scripture. You seek the spirit's peace and guidance, and you seek the counsel of saints, especially if you've got a good mom and dad. All right, then knock. Ask. Ask in prayer. Seek. Knock. What does this mean? It means look for open and shut doors. Revelation tells us the Lord opens and no man shuts and the Lord shuts and no man opens. 1 Corinthians 16, 9, 2 Corinthians 2, 12, Paul talks about open doors that showed him the way to ministry. And read Acts 16. Twice he... uh, Paul and Silas tried to go to certain places and the door shut. So if I'm seeking God's will, Quinn was seeking to go to Ole Miss and when he saw what the out-of-state tuition was, the door shut. And uh, then lo and behold, University of Arkansas, the door opened. Okay, I need to get ready to kind of close here. So let's go back to the beginning. Because that's the main subject of this series. The ask part in making important decisions. The prayer part. Follow Jesus' example. A life given to prayer is a life that really prays about important decisions. Okay, four things you see from the Luke 11, 9 passage and the text passage. First, ask or pray persistently. Ask, seek, and knock in the original language is in that present tense. That means what? Keep on doing it. Do you want to know how it reads in the original? Ask and keep on asking. Jesus prayed all night. Pray persistently. I've been praying about something for one year. For one year. Every day for one year. And the Lord's showing me some things. If I was a high school student and I was a senior, I would be praying every day for God to show me, should I go to college? If so, where should I go to college? Lord, what would you have me to do as far as my vocation is concerned? I mean, I'd be praying every day. Pray persistently. Jesus prayed persistently in Gethsemane. Uh, not my will, thy will be done. Paul prayed persistently about the thorn in the flesh. Okay. Secondly, ask or pray in faith. Luke eleven nine. ask and it will be given you. Not it might be given you. Not it could be given you. Not it should. It will be given you. In verse 13, how much more? You know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your heavenly father? James 1 says, if you don't have faith when you pray, forget it. 
Jesus said, according to your faith being unto you, without faith it's impossible to please God. And so when I'm praying about God's will and an important decision, I'm going to pray in faith. He's going to show me. The third thing, ask specifically. What father is there among you? If his son asks, does he say if his son just says, I'm hungry? No. If he asks for bread, if he asks for a fish, if he asks for an egg, specific prayers. This business would just say, well, now, Lord, just lead and guide me my whole life, and that's it. That's a good prayer. It's a good general prayer. But if you're wanting to know, follow Jesus' example. If you're wanting to know about an important decision, pray persistently. Pray in faith and pray specifically. Okay? And then the last thing is pray according to God's will. Yes, it must be God's will. Where do you see that? Well, Luke uh, 11, uh, 13, it says God will give good gifts. If God doesn't see what you're wanting to do as a good gift, he's going to shut the door. He loves you more than you love yourself, and he's a lot smarter. And not only that, it says, and this is interesting in Luke, he says, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts no, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give what? Whom? The Holy Spirit. That tells us the answer to that prayer must be according to the Spirit of God and therefore another way of saying it must be in the will of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, we have the petitions that we desired of them. Jesus teaches us this again in Gethsemane uh, when he prays about the cup. Not my will, but thy will be done. So if you want to be effective in praying about important decisions, you can't already be stubborn and have your mind made up. You got to be willing. <laughs> you got to be willing for the Lord to show you his will. Now, here's the fun thing about that, Jeremiah 33, 3. He will show you great and mighty things which you know not. You know, you can't figure out God. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his ways are higher than our ways. Now, I just close with this illustration. Going back to our text. If you were going to start a new religion... And, of course, Christianity is not, in some ways, it's not a new religion because it's in sync with the Old Testament. Uh, but you have to say it's a new dispensation. It's a new era. So, you, hey, you wanted to be successful. So whom would you choose to be your 12 foundational people? Would you go to the seminary? Yeah, I need, we need theological people. Uh, would you go to the uh, influential yeah, we need popular people, influential people, people with a big name. That's what we need. Would you choose wealthy people? Look at whom God led Jesus to choose. One of the most motley crews you've ever seen. They were so diverse, ordinary you think maybe God had a message in all of that? 
Now, just quickly, don't have time for a study of the disciples. The first one, Simon Peter. Big mouth, always sticking his foot in his mouth, denying the Lord three times. Would you have chosen him? And then uh, Andrew. Andrew's rather shy. Would you have chosen him? And then James and John, they had a temper problem. The sons of thunder. Would you have chosen them? And by the way, these guys were fishermen. Folks, back in that day, they didn't have showers. Fishermen smelled. Would you have chosen them? And Bartholomew, that's Nathaniel, the one who said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? John 2. Matthew, a tax collector. And what's really amazing is he also told, chose another guy named Simon the Zealot. He was a political person. They hated tax collectors. You think maybe God was showing us in that group how even diverse people can get along in Jesus? Thomas, you know Thomas, old doubting Thomas, and we, we can stop there. The, the point is, who would have ever dreamed that's the group the father would have led him to choose? Oh, but Jack, what about Judas? He chose the wrong one. No, he didn't. It was prophesied Jesus would have a close companion that would betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And even in the choosing of Judas, he loved Judas. If anybody ever had a chance to be saved, it was Judas. But even the choosing of Judas, the one who betrayed him, was used as an instrument of God to bring Jesus to the most important work he ever did, dying on the cross for our sin. Ain't God awesome? I'm telling you, he's something. So a life given to prayer is a life that prays about the important decisions. Would you stand with me and bow your heads in prayer right now? What do you think the most important decision in life is? Let me tell you what it is. It's whether or not to accept Christ or reject Christ. You're either on one side of the cross with a repentant thief whom Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise, or you're on the other side of the cross with the unrepentant thief. Which side of the cross are you on? Jesus said you're either for me or you're against me. Where do you stand today? I would like to invite you to pray the most important prayer you'll ever pray if you're not saved. The scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord today if you've never done that. If you have, rejoice. Pray for those who haven't. If you need to receive Christ today, you genuinely have a repentant heart. You're sorry for your sin and your rebellion, your selfishness. And you want to turn from that and let Jesus be master and boss and Lord of your life. And you believe he died on the cross for your sin. So the way a sinner can get to a holy God and spend eternity in a holy heaven through the forgiveness through the blood of Christ and you believe Jesus rose from the grave and you know today he's knocking at your heart's door this is your opportunity to open that door for him would you pray Lord Jesus I admit I'm a sinner I'm sorry for my sin I want to turn from my sin 
I want you to make me the kind of person you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for rising from the grave. And right now, I open my heart through faith, and I accept Jesus. Here and now, now and forever, as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Boy, if you prayed that prayer today, why don't you make it public during the invitation time? He asked us to confess him publicly before man. I can't think of a better time or place than here. If God would have you to commit, I've been so encouraged in this series. I, I have received letters about people giving testimonies to quiet times. I've heard about folks starting quiet times. I don't know when I've done a series that I've heard more comments from. It's been very encouraging. And uh, we're going to close it down for a while, this series. And if God is speaking to you about a life given to prayer, I hope you'll make that commitment. If God would have you to move your church letter today and become a part of this wonderful fellowship, you need to do that during this invitation time. Just come forward and say, Brother Jack, we want to move our letter. We're Christians. We're saved. But we want to move our letter to First Baptist Fisher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.